Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. The last two weeks we've been learning from the life of Peter, and today is going to be the last of that series. And we're going to get to John 21, but I would like to go back to Luke's gospel. So turn with me to Luke chapter 22, and we're going to start reading at verse 54. Give you a second to get there, because and keep, keep your finger in John 21, because we're going to go right from this into John. Okay? And this is what it says. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. But when they had kindled the fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated in the firelight. There she looked closely at him and said, This man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned, looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept. Okay, now let's go to John 21, starting at verse 1. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happens this way. Simon Peter... Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, John, said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. 
This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. When I was a little girl, we won't talk about how long ago that was, um, but when I was about seven years old, um, hey, I heard that, thank you, 20, I love it. <laughs> uh, my, parents, my parents gave my sister and I permission to go up the road to visit our neighbors, and our neighbors had their grandchildren there. And this was a big deal, because there weren't really a lot of kids around where we were, and it was really fun to play with somebody that wasn't your siblings. And amen, anybody? Right? And so my dad said to me, he said, okay, but you go with Cindy. You wait for Cindy. Now, Cindy was two years, is two years older than I am, and I don't know why. I don't know whether it was because I was so excited that I wanted to play with the kids. I don't know if it was just I got tired of waiting or whether I was tired of being watched over by an older sibling. I don't know why, but I disobeyed. And I went on ahead. And it was about a 10-minute walk, and at some point I crossed the road because their house was on the other side of the road. And I'm walking along, and I hear my sister behind me going, Cheryl, Cheryl, and I'm like, come on, just come on. She's saying, wait, and I'm like, come on, and I keep going. Well, about halfway, there's a blind crest, and it's at that blind crest that my sister decides to cross the road. Yeah, I heard the squeal of tires, and I turned around, and the car just missed her. And at first, I thought, well, that's not my fault. She's got eyes in her head. She should have looked both ways. But then I realized it was my fault. It was my fault because I didn't wait. And she was so focused on being with me and obeying Dad that she didn't look. It was my fault. That was a pretty, pretty heavy load for a seven-year-old to handle. And I was disciplined, and rightfully so. And I remember thinking, I messed up really big this time. I'm never going to be daddy's little girl again. And in that moment, I quit. I quit. I stopped. Have you been there? Have you messed up so badly that you can't look someone else in the eye? I couldn't look my dad in the eye for a little while. Have you been there? Maybe you said to someone you were going to do something and you didn't follow through. Or maybe you lied to someone. Or maybe you gossiped about someone. Or like me, 
you disobeyed a parent. For whatever reason, you felt you'd messed up so much that you couldn't look at that person anymore and you felt like it was broken and could never get fixed. And that's exactly where Peter was. Look at this closer with me. Peter was having problems looking at Jesus. Verse 21, verse 21, chapter 21, verse 3 says, I'm going out to fish. Why was he going out to fish? He was going out to fish because Jesus appeared again. See that in verse 1? Again. Verse 14 tells us that this is the third time that Jesus had appeared to them after he was raised again. So it's not like it's the first time they're seeing him in his new body or anything like that. They've seen him. And Peter's in the boat, and Jesus calls out, and Peter doesn't recognize him, does he? It's John that recognizes him. Peter was unable to look Jesus in the eye. He couldn't recognize him anymore. Peter had given up because he had messed up so big. He had quit looking at Jesus. But I love how Jesus fixes this. What is the first thing that happens? He does the same miracle that he did when he calls Peter, right? He takes him back to that very first time, and he's like, come on, Peter, remember. Remember what I called you to do. I did it again. I did it then. I'm doing it again. It hasn't changed. I don't care how much you've messed up. He's reminding him of what it is that he's been called to do. Then he says to Peter, after everybody's had something to eat, gives him a little time. And then he says, Peter, do you truly love me more than these? Do you love me more than this boat? Do you love me more than all of this fish and that net, which doesn't have a tear in it, by the way? Do you love me more than that? Do you love me more than all these guys sitting around here? Do you love me more than your identity as a fisherman? And he doesn't stop there, right? He asks him again. But this time, see how it changes? It goes from all of these to just merely Peter, Simon, son of John, just so you don't miss it, I'm talking to you. Do you really, truly love me? And again, Peter says, yes, I do. You know I do. And he asks him again, why do you think it is that he asked him three times? Do you think it was because Jesus' forgiveness was too shallow, too small, that it, it, the first time didn't make it? No. Jesus was persuaded 
that Peter's call hadn't changed. Jesus was persuaded that it was fixed, but Peter was not persuaded that it was fixed. Peter needed to know deep down that it was good, that it was all done. Don't quit. Stick with Jesus. Later that day, um, after supper, I cleared the dishes, because that was my chore at seven years old, was to take all the dishes off the table, take them over to the counter, and my siblings did the dishes. So I did that, and I went outside, and I sat down by the creek. We had a creek behind our house. It was one of my favorite spots. And I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to the water gurgle and listening to the frogs chirp. And my dad came out, and he quietly just sat down beside me. And he put his arm around me. And he said, Cheryl, I love you. And in that moment, I was restored. I was daddy's little girl again. And that's what's going on here with Peter and Jesus. Jesus is saying to Peter, you're still mine. You're still mine. Don't forget it. You're still mine. Are you thinking about quitting? Or maybe you are quitting. Maybe you're thinking, I've messed up too big this time. Or my life is just too full of mess-ups. And there's just no coming back from this. And besides, the life that Jesus is calling me to, it's, it's just too hard. It's just too much. Forget it. Forget it. I can't possibly do what it is that you're asking me to do. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I, I, I can't talk to people. There's, there's no way. I can't lead. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. You fill in that blank. What is your blank? And like Peter, maybe you're thinking, I'm just going to go back to what I know. I'm going to go back to what I'm comfortable with. I know I can be successful with that, so that's what I'm going to do. But it's not the answer. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Don't quit. Stick with Jesus. And we see three things here. Three things in this period of Peter's life. And the first one is, is that we can't be like Peter in this one. We can't stop looking for Jesus. No matter what it is we've done, we can't stop looking for him. That's what happened here. 
that moment where Peter messed up and he saw Jesus look at him with that look of, you did it. It was one of the lowest points of Jesus' life. And yes, he knew Peter was, was going to do it, but still in that moment, that pain of it actually happening, right? And Peter saw that. And it was after that that he said, no, I can't, I can't look at him, I can't keep going. But we need to do that. We need to keep looking for Jesus. That's why we do the sword drills, because we find him here. Right? Dig into the Gospels. Look for him there. Learn about him. Know him. He's in the Old Testament. See him there. He's in the letters that all of those authors wrote. Find him. Don't stop looking for him. The second thing is, is we have to be sure we're putting Jesus first. That first question that he asked Peter, do you love me more than these? All of this, all of these people, all of these things. We have to stay in that place of him first. And lastly, we have to allow Jesus to forgive us. There's something very different from the time that Peter is called to this time when Jesus brings him back and restores him. The first time after that miracle, what does Peter do? He jumps out of the boat and he comes and he falls at Jesus' feet. And he says, I'm a sinful man. That doesn't happen the second time, does it? He gets out of the boat, but it doesn't say he comes to Jesus, does he? He kind of does his thing with everybody else, and then they eat, and then Jesus comes to him. He wasn't moving toward Jesus. He wasn't looking for Jesus to forgive him. We have to come to Jesus and allow him to forgive us. And sometimes we think, wow, you know, it's... It's just too big. And that's, that's where Peter was. He's like, oh, I've messed up too big. It's too much. There's no coming back from this. But 1 John 1, 9 tells us, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Nowhere in that verse does it say, well, if it's just a little bit or if it's mediocre, you, you get it all cleaned up. There's nothing there about that. Here in the Maritimes, we've got weight restrictions on roads, right, in the springtime. You can't go on them roads. Well, I'm here to tell you today, there's no weight restriction on the road to forgiveness. It doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter. Just come. Just come. We have to remember that we need to be looking for Jesus, know him, put him first, and come to him for the forgiveness that only he can give. It doesn't matter what it is. But we've got to come. When we do these things, we can move from failure and quitting, right? We can move from that. 
just like Peter did. Just like Peter did. We can do what we were called to do, what he's asking us to do. Don't quit. Stick with Jesus. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. Thank you.